It was good, was good, was good. Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the Road Podcast, presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got DJ D Miles. What's good, what's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yep. And this is the special LA edition of the Road Podcast. We have invaded the Beat Source offices. We're here in LA in West Hollywood. And uh, we got a very special, this is a big DJ here. This is, yeah, this big is, time. This is big dog shit, right? Yeah. This is Baltimore's finest, right? He Man. just announced his 2023 residency in Las Vegas at Zook and Resorts World. Yes, sir. Justin Bieber's sir. DJ, MC, A&R. We have Tay James in the building. Yes, What's sir. good? What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? How y'all feeling? Yeah, How's thank you for coming through. Oh, nah, guys, like I was, we were talking about it outside um, before we started. Like, I, I really, really love this podcast. And it's just like, I'm really, really happy just to be really? here. Really? Oh, wow. Thanks, uh, man. It's an honor to have you, brother. <laughs> Honestly, really, it's it's nice just to talk to like you know what I mean, your peers. Like you know yeah, I mean? yeah, really, really nice to just bounce ideas off of each other. Honestly, we actually have like uh, I don't know, like we have we we've been close corners. Yes, but we've never really met at all. No, nah. <laughs> and we have mad mutual friends. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. So so like you DJ, you know Mark Barnes, right? Yeah, you DJ at Love in DC. Yes, sir. And you DJ at the Park. Mm-hmm. And I DJed at the park, but I, I was probably like after, I DJed after you. No, we just DJed two different days. Cause you Did were, we? Because I was doing more like, you were doing like the open format night. I was like, doing Saturdays. Yeah, and I was doing like the the college night or the... The Thursday. Yeah, Cause the so you Thursday. were still So you were still in college when you were DJing at park? Yeah, well, I got, I got the park job in summer 2007. My friends, like a couple friends of mine that I went to school with, they dropped out and they started promoting at Love. And they made they had such a following, and they were able to create such a, a dope party that it went from being at love went from giving them one floor of their college night to mm-hmm. now you guys have the whole club. So they started doing like a college night Saturday at Love Nightclub, and literally it's so many colleges in the DMV area from DC, Maryland, and then you got like Virginia, yeah. and mm-hmm. you got like Southern Virginia, which is like the Hampton, Virginia Beach, but then you also have like Northern Virginia, like, you know, American University, you got Georgetown. There's so many different schools. Howard, Hampton. You know, George so Washington. George Washington. So yeah. many different schools, even small schools, too, that, you know, there was really no party for people to go to. So the college night was such a big thing back in the day. That they don't even really do that no more. But it's like t- 21 to, to drink, 18 to get in. Well, yeah. I want to talk about love. Cause this is love. Yeah, yeah. I want to I talk about this because I don't, I don't think people realize how big this club was yeah. it was oh, man it was impactful because i've heard i've heard look like mark barnes is a legend in dc right yeah and then love was just known as that club yeah as that that just insane like like you were telling us earlier like motherfuckers from new york were coming to dc yeah to go to love and it was called dream before that and dream, that's right and dream was even crazier than love like dream was where all you know, like I said, Hey My video, Cameron Dipl- Diplomats was filmed at Dream Nightclub. It's the same, and they changed, like, I forgot what happened, but they ended up, they ended up having to do a, a name change, and they switched it to Love. And that has its own history as well. But I just imagine, like, all right, so doors open at 9. So what they'll do is they'll make sure, before they open up any of the floor, the first floor has to get, be packed. Mm-hmm. So they, they just wait for that to be packed. And when, when you know, there's a DJ down there playing, he could, you know what I mean? He's killing it, first floor. But when, like, you know, 10.30 hits, everyone from the first floor is going up to the second level, and now all floors are open by that time. So each floor is, like, a different vibe. Like, they might make the third floor reggae. They might make 
the fourth floor like all R and B or you know what I mean? They might change yeah. the DJs. They might have like house music going on. It, it's just well, who was the, who was the dude at that time? Who was the DJ at that time? Because uh, when we spoke, when I was going out to park, I Quicksilver was the man. Yeah, so it's like it's so when I first when I being from Baltimore, Baltimore and DC were so separate at the time. Yeah, it was it was only an hour away from each other, and like you you'll take you could literally take one highway and you're sh- straight there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Straight, straight shot to to DC, two ninety five, right? Um, it was two different sounds too. So you had Go Go, which was DC, right? And like all the affiliated counties and cities that were in Maryland that were closer to DC affiliated themselves with dc northern virginia because dc is literally a part of land that's maryland and a part of land is virginia and they made it a district it's not even a state it's just a district mm-hmm. so like you know what i mean so like the land like you know the areas that are close to whatever is what vibe you would go to so the the, the counties and the cities that were closer to baltimore listen to baltimore club music which is equivalent to jersey club or right. philly club you know what i mean so like, yeah. it was just two different vibes so like it was just two different scenes. So the Baltimore club or the Baltimore club DJs stayed in Baltimore, right? And just played those clubs, and the mm-hmm. DC DJs stayed down. You know what I mean? It was just right, two right. completely different vibes, bro. You know what I mean? Like growing up, you a uh, Baltimore club was almost like the equivalent to uh, an EDM club. You know what I mean? You'll go to a party, they'll play like an hour of you know the hits on the radio, and then it's an hour and a half, two hours of straight club music. And it's you know it's dance it's dance battles going on it's all type of shit going on mm-hmm. it's like you and your boys you guys have your own little crew you guys might have some choreographed dances together it's like you know what I mean it's just it was like you got served and it was just a culture you know what I mean it was just and that's what it was and you drive an hour down to DC it's a totally different thing right it's go go it's live bands it's live instrumentation it's just a different li- like line dance it's like a different f- vibe and mm-hmm. by the time I got to college and i started djing at love it was just like how do i bridge that gap so when all the clubs and all the nightlife stopped in baltimore it's just like okay cool i can play some baltimore club music at some of these in this in this dc club because i know there's a lot of kids from baltimore that went to school down here Mm -hmm. and they just want to hear some of their music from back in baltimore so that was like one of the number one things i started doing and it just started like they put i remember when i first started at love i started at the fourth floor like the top you know what I mean? They told me I had to work my way down. So I was just like, all right, you know what I mean? Fuck it. Let me just. So I just started doing it. I just started like just being a melting pot of this music because I know these these college students, are, they're all from around the country. You mm-hmm. got people from yeah. the South. You got people from New York. You got people from the West Coast. And everyone's just here. So let me try to cater to all. And once I started doing that, slowly but surely, I started making my way from the fourth to the third. And I remember having like a club meeting. And like one of the security guards are just like, yo, whoever, <laughs> whoever is on the third floor, we got to move him to the second floor. Like we need to move this guy down because every time he comes on, he plays his Baltimore club. We need more security. We just need help. You guys know DJ Money? No. No. You don't need DJ Money? All right. So DJ Money works. Um, he's a Wale DJ and I think he's his A&R as well. He was with me during this time. Like, you know what I mean? Me, mm-hmm. Like either he'll DJ and I'll host or I'll DJ and he hosts. Like we were around during this time quick. Was was a legend in Baltimore, Quicksilver. Yeah, complete legend in Baltimore. Uh, this last man, this, like Quick's almost like an urban legend. Like you know what I mean? Like 
was DJing in 21 and up clubs at 14. Like, you know what I mean? Like, shit, you like, he's like, the shit you hear about quick, you're like, what? It's like, <laughs> he's nasty. What? It's like, what the he's fuck? He's still killing it, right? He's still yeah. out there killing it. Yeah, he's still fucking killing it. See, like, quick is, quick is, it's like, that's one of the first people I met in Baltimore. Um, like, this, this all right, so coming up, when I was 14, my, uh, well, actually, when I was 12, my brother taught me the basics of DJing. It's like, I got my, I bought like a fake, not a fake turntable, like a, a cheap turntable at a yard sale. And I begged my father for some records, and that was my fucking first setup. And then I, Christmas came along, let me get the Gemini. You guys know the Gemini one two punch. We all start off yeah. with that. Where everybody know the Gemini one two punch. You get some quarters, you tape it on top of the head, you, you know what I mean, just to scratch. And then from there, it was like, okay, cool, how do you get records? It's like during this time, it's vinyl. Like, there's no streaming, there's no fucking record pool. Well, there's record pools, but there's no. There's no internet to download shit. Yeah, like, yeah. If you don't have the vinyl, you can't play the song. Mm-hmm. Period. So, luckily, um, my brothers, my brother was friends with all the top DJs. Quick, you know what I mean, and who he was affiliated with, affiliated with, which was a company called Unruly. And Unruly Records, where it was the record pool and a record label, they put out Baltimore Club CDs. Um, the legendary Scotty B. These these are the guys that kind of like are like the pioneers and the like the founders of like Baltimore club music. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they started this label, and they were signing DJs, and, and artists and producers, and within the Baltimore club world. You know what I mean? They, like a, if you were a Baltimore club DJ, you'll do like a tape, and they'll they can distribute the tape for you. And you started like interning there, right? Yeah, I was interning there, and it's by me interning there. It's like I I met every DJ. But you were getting access to like the vinyl on the record. Hell yeah! Like you know what I mean? I, and I was like, I wasn't really like I, like I I thought I was good, but I wasn't shit. Like I thought I was good, right? <laughs> but I wasn't shit. Like, but it's just like I'm learning from these these legends. Like you, every day I'm around quick. And then I meet Alize, and Alize for me was like, he is literally the best. Like he's like the the guy DJ in my eyes, like the guy that's just like I look up to. I I see, you know what I mean. I, I I attribute a lot of my style from him, but I also attribute uh, just just seeing a lot. You know, like you take from whatever DJs you come up with. So like, like I might look at this person and be like, okay, cool, I like what he does there. I'm, you know, as a kid, this you know how you find a style. Like there's no YouTube. Yeah. Your style is whoever you're around or whoever. I used to I used to listen to Alize's um, mixes, um, like like his live broadcasts. I would record them every day. Like, but it, you know what I mean? Like he would do like the five o'clock mix or like the nine o'clock club live. Bro- I would record these or I would just sit there and just listen to how he's blending mm-hmm. or hear the crowd reaction in the background. Like okay, cool timing. Like you know, and then you know, fourteen, fifteen. I actually meet the guy and he was just like, "Yo, you should come with me to one of these." I'm like, "Come." <laughs> <laughs> Where? <laughs> you want a dream? I can come to dreams. Like, man, dream security is a little, I can't get you in a dream, but I can get you in H2O. So then I would just meet him at the radio, watch him do his set at the radio, and then he'll sneak me into the club. I'll carry the crates. And security didn't care. Like, if you carry a record, that's, that was the way to get into the club back in the day. You carry yeah. uh-huh. the equipment. So I either carry a turntable or, like, a crate of records, and I'd just sneak in with him. And I sat in the booth and just watch him DJ on, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then, like, he'll do the live broadcast, he'll get off, and then he'll just let me mix. So, like, from 14, 15, 16, like, I'm just doing this. This is pretty much, and I'm doing high school parties and just trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing here with Damn, this you, DJ you, you almost had, like, the best childhood experience <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but bro, going into DJing, though, you know? But mind you, I'm doing the internship for free. I'm working at Burger King and Best Buy, busting nah, my ass. Nah, but you so <laughs> Like, I'm busting my ass, you know what I mean? Weren't you at, like, like uh, Kiss, 98.7 Kiss? I, I interned at Kiss FM, yeah. You ain't pay shit, right? Nah, 
But yeah. you get that was, you get free concert tickets, free facts. vinyl albums. Yes, you meet all the artists that come in to facts. take pictures with them. Hell yeah, that's I met Chris Brown when he was sixteen. I met Chris Brown early, bro. I met I met a lot of people early, like this wow. this being around. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This just trying to just go to all the industry parties, getting drops. Drops was the huge thing because it was, oh, man, it yeah. was like a mixtape yeah. era. Mm-hmm. So like. You would do mixtapes, and that's how you would promote yourself. It's mm-hmm. like oh, you give them a mix. That was like your business card. So when I uh, when I went down to college, it was just like okay, cool. I need to take over this campus. I need to figure out how to do this. And like I got there in the competition. At the time was he's cool now. He's my guy now. But at the time was this, he was older. His, his name is DJ Vince. This man was like you know what I mean. He was just he was just like he was just like somewhat like. Being a kid, it was just like, man, this guy shouldn't be here. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nothing against him. Nothing against him. Like, me and him are fine now. But I can t- I don't give a fuck. We can talk about it now. Like, at the time, it was just like, all right, cool. If this is my competition, I, okay, cool. I know what I have to do. If this is my if this is my competition. You know what I mean? And I know what I have to do. So I just- You're I, saying, like, he was just so, what, like, old school? He was too old to be running a college campus? <laughs> Not that like <laughs> like you're 18 and he's 36, right? More like 40 something like the time, right? But, but the thing is, with Vince Vince had all the sound. This is but the, he had, like, he had a stronghold on the scene, or he had or, a stronghold with the campus. With like, the campus, so, oh, I'm sorry, Vince Adams. Uh, I don't know his last. Okay, name. all right, What's never that? mind. Forget it. Let's keep going. Sorry. Well, how would you his know? His last ben? name might be Adams. I don't know. <laughs> it's got that streams. He's on. Uh, he was on Twitch. Oh, Vince Adams. Yeah. Nah, I don't think he's on. I don't think he's okay, all right, never mind. Sorry, right. but if you if you if you know anybody, if like anybody from the Virginia Beach Norfolk area, they know who DJ Vince is because he just he will hold down college campuses and he's done it for a long time. But it's just like I'm new blood. Like you know, what I mean? how I look at right. everything is just like, I'm the new. Like you know, what I mean, as a freshman, and mind you, there's other student DJs at the time too. When I come in as a freshman, it's already there's other people and. That are DJing, but like you got people who DJing off the laptop only. Like you have nobody really on turntables. It's just like I'm coming into a situation. I'm just like I'm so used to because, as you guys know, during this time being a DJ was hard. It was expensive. Like you know what I mean. It was a craft. Like you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. you know you just you just yeah. couldn't be a DJ. Like if you were a DJ, it really you really thought about this shit. Like it, you it really wasn't, it wasn't yeah. like it was really, you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a something you just do like candidly off on the side. You had to like no yeah. you, got, you had to put in yeah. work. You had, you to, had, you had to, to go go to the record stores get the vinyl. Yeah. You, know you fuck, don't parties got it, to carry your crates and sh- carry all cases. All that. You know yeah. me. You know me. Fucking hood clubs and bars I did in Baltimore, bro. Just because like. Like, I'm just here. Just, you want to hear some music? <laughs> well, the the thing it. is, you you want any opportunity to like get experience and to DJ in front of people. Anything. You know what I'm saying? Anything. Anything mm-hmm. was good for me. Like but, I was happy. Like, but like you would be collecting records for years, just trying to stack up records and you know getting needles and yeah. getting equipment, getting uh, money, saving up money for an amp or a receiver, and then speakers and Bro, then all I, of this shit. I remember where I got. And then trying to get a ride, like oh, oh to, you know my what god, like, bro, a ride. You, you needed like a homie to like drive you somewhere. The with the van. Yeah. I had I had I had a Mazda Miata two seater. I used to put my turntables in the trunk, and I would put two crates in like the back behind my two seat, like right here, right here in the back, yeah. and I would and I would put two crates. In the front seat, and you couldn't ride with me. It was just that was it. <laughs> like you gotta either follow or have your, you know what I mean? Like ah, this is my shit's in the car. Like, and that's just what it was. But it's it's just crazy. Like you just couldn't do it. So like, 
when I'm coming into the situation, I'm used to, I'm in Baltimore. I'm used to like being like the underdog because it's like everyone has the equipment, everyone has some type of notoriety. There's people on the radio. I'm just opening. I'm just trying to be. I'm in the right group. I'm with mm-hmm. the right crowd. But like, I need my own territory. Baltimore's oversaturated. DC's oversaturated. So I need my own territory, my own little. So let me go down to Hampton College. This is a. I can let me try to take this over. I came down there with a bunch of mixtapes, and that's what I started doing. It's just like, all right, who's DJ Tay James? It's just like, oh, who has mixtape? Who does mixtapes? It's just like, and you listen to the mixtapes. It's all the music you want to hear, some new shit you never heard of yet, some remixes. You know what I mean? It's different. What, were you, what was on the mixtapes? What was popping at this time? What oh, were you putting man. on there? David Banner Play it was huge. Right, that was yeah, my yeah. song. Uh, so it was like 05, 06. <laughs> yeah, 05, 06 era. So yeah. like, I remember like my I did a blend where I did a... Um, Room five, this love, and I put it over David Banner play, and I, like, it, was, it was so it was just so monumental to me in my in my head, right? But because it just sounded so vastly different, and with mashups or in remixes, I, I always feel like it's like the element of surprise. You wanted like I, I like mashups where it's just like man, I never expected to, to hear that. Like you know what I mean? It's, it catches you off guard, and, and you like it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what I did on these mixtapes, and it's like either. And that's kind of how I made my name. I was just I was giving these mixtapes out, um, and it was hard to DJ on campus because Vince had it locked down. So it was like I can only do off campus. So what was he? Was he like you know blocking? Was he? Yeah, like he, gate, was doing, he, he was like gatekeeper. He was the gatekeeper, and like and if you wanted to DJ, you had to go underneath him and his company. Right. And he was just taking all the money and paying you whatever he wanted to pay you. Okay. It was just like nobody, like nobody wanted to go through that. Like nobody wanted to be through Wait, that. So how did you shut that whole shit down? Oh uh, man, it's just uh, it's, it's, you know. Did just, you end up working for him? A little no, time? no. Like I, I did. I remember because it's like being part of the group I was with in Baltimore. It, it did come with some type of notoriety, so I was able to do certain shit because they were connected to DTLR. I don't know if you guys heard of DTLR. So no. It's a, no. It's, a, it's, on, it's, it's on the East Coast in the Midwest and, and a lot in the South. It's like a, uh, a urban footlocker, best way to describe it. Okay. So like, you know what I mean? Like, so they sell CDs, they do a lot, but they dominate, they dom- you know, they were just in this area. So this record pool was connected to this clothing company or clothing store company and um, they were just everywhere. So I would do, they would do in stores. So they would hire a DJ, play music for two hours. So that's how I got a check in college. Mm-hmm. Instead of having a job, I just did in stores. You know what I mean? Like I had an in store every weekend. So maybe twice in one weekend. So you know what I mean? That's $500 every week in college. That's great. That's like, good, you know what I mean? Like, Especially in that era. And like, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't have, I didn't want to have a regular, I didn't want, I didn't want to have like a, a job job. I wanted to make DJ my job. So this is yeah. how. I had to go about it, so luckily that's how I got the money to, to do anything. And so you started stacking up money, and you got your own equipment. Is that what happened? Um, in high school, I got my own equipment in high okay. school. I was because I was working at Best Buy and Burger King. So. Well, like I'm, I'm kind of wondering, how did you get into love? Uh, love came from being in college because my my boys that I was I was freshmen with they they left college early and they started promoting at Love and they were making so much money they mm-hmm. they, they said fuck school. So Baby Drew, Baby Drew was was like. He was like the Quicksilver or the Alizés of of the Virginia Beach okay. area, right? So he was Chris Brown's original original DJ. He sounds familiar. He was Chris Brown's original DJ, and I, I, I happened to be his like I was lucky enough to be his roommate my sophomore year, 
when he was on tour with Chris Brown. Such a small world. So, like, I'm just wow. watching him. He's coming out of town. He's getting free clothes and shits into the house. He has new music on his phone. I'm like, man, this guy's fucking, he's on the radio. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And this is, like, and, and as a DJ, you're just aspiring to be, going, go to the next level. Just keep on going to the next level. So he's on tour doing that and being with Chris Brown. That's how I was able to get the love club situation because they were using him and he couldn't come back off tour yeah for the gig so it's just like yeah we're just gonna use tay you know what i mean it's not slid on right now slid right on wow. in there for for the for the job and i did i did my first time at love and i, I think i got played I, they kicked me off the turntables within the first like 20 minutes i got someone hated on me it was kind of weird and i was just like i told Mar, i'm like bro i didn't even have a chance to even get into a mix i played two songs bro i literally played two or three songs and this is when you're on the fourth floor still yeah they played me they played me bad bro they played me bad <laughs> Actually, no, I take it back. No, I was on the second floor the first time I ever, like, and they kicked me off. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, they stuck me up on the fourth because uh, like, we didn't, they didn't trust the, you know what Right, I mean? right, right. And plus, my promoter friends, they only gave them a floor at one time. So. But you did, I mean, looking back, did you deserve that? Did you? you I didn't deserve it, but I'm happy it happened that way. Yeah, okay, yeah. what song? <laughs> do you know what songs you played before you got kicked off? Um, I played a safe record. If I want to play, I played like Jay-Z, Just Want to Love You. Like, I didn't even get into my mix yet. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I didn't even get a chance to get into a mix. Like, that's how quickly they, I got off. Right. He still paid me. He was just like, yo, I heard you weren't the shit. I'm like, damn, Mark, I only played three songs. Like, <laughs> Wait, Mark? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark is, Barnes said that to you? Yeah. Uh, Mark, if you yeah. don't know Mark, Mark will tell you what the fuck yeah, is yeah, going on. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mark yeah, will yeah. tell you what's on his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, he, he does not hold back. He don't give a flying fuck, and that's why I love him, too. But he's like, yeah, I heard you weren't the shit, shorty. That's what he said. I was like, God, He wasn't the shit, shorty. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, listen, bro, I didn't even have a chance to. He's like, but, man. but by the end of it, Mark ended up putting you in, in the park, right? Uh, that was his second club, right? Yeah, because I was just doing, I was killing love. Love was my, my main residency, so I was I was at love every week for years. I stopped doing love because, I mean, even while doing love, I'm doing DC clubs. And my, from, so at this point now, I'm just like, okay, I'm about to graduate Scott. I'm about to graduate from college. I started a blog. I had like a blog when blogs were huge called College Radio Music and we were doing like editorials. We were we were um what's it called again? Just doing mixtapes with them and then we had a party at Love. So this was kinda like my play and then that's how the that's how we were able to book Drake's first show at in DC. This all comes from this being in this world. So in my eyes, I'm about to graduate college and then go to DC. And like I'm asking Alize, I'm talking to Quick, I'm talking like I need to be on the radio, and it is like radio's oversaturated, man. I don't think you want to be in this world. And I'm just like that's the but that's the next step after you've been doing college parties and because this, this is in my head, this is like a small minded think small minded thinking. Like I'm not thinking about coming out to LA. LA is the last place I was thinking about. I never even been on an airplane like that before. You see what I'm saying? Like I want to say I took one flight in my life. Every everywhere on the East Coast you did, you drove everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you drive four hours. One way you're, you you can hit three or four different states, and mm-hmm. same if you go down south. So it's just like, for me, I didn't plan on doing that much traveling. I planned on staying in the tri-state area. Mm-hmm. I planned on trying to be on the radio. I planned on throwing parties, and that's kind of what I thought my life was gonna go towards. And I had an opportunity to DJ for Lloyd, and that didn't really work out. I tried asking my parents, can I drop out of college and go pursue this tour? And they said no. And I was just like, uh, okay. And then, you know, the conversation, well, we didn't send you to school to be a DJ. Like, all this shit happens. Like, you, you know, uh, uh, coming up, you go through all this shit. Like, are you sec- You start second-guessing yourself. And it's like, man, like, you know what I mean? Like, what are you, like, what are you supposed to do? And the, the, Bieber, the Bieber call happened two months after I graduated college. And it just happened so, like, 
Well, you like, like it was like it was supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you you know. Like well, was, you you had like a blog, and you you kind of discovered. Well, this is when Bieber was on YouTube, and you yeah. kind of discovered him on YouTube, right? Well, I mean, well, I can't. My my boy who was doing the blog with me, he posted something yeah. about Bieber, and he was you know like an acoustic cover he did. And I was like, man, and he's like, man, this kid's gonna be like the next like star, and I was like, okay, cool. I just started watching him, you know, and then you know, just goes into the back in your in your memory bank. You're not thinking nothing about it, and then. I get a call from my boy. He was working with uh, member. Remember Sammy? Um, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah, Pablo, the, the oh, army. Exactly. So he he dropped out of college to go be Sammy's tour manager or DJ. His friend at the time was Usher's assistant in Atlanta, and this is when Atlanta was hot. Remember when Atlanta was mm -hmm. like, snap your fingers. The two thousands. I'm just talking yeah. about Atlanta was like how L.A. was. Little John. At one yeah. point, you know what yeah. I mean? Like L.A. was like Atlanta was just a place to be at, mm -hmm. and it's just a it was like a music mecca, which it still is kind of in a sense now, but even more at this time. So Usher was, Usher's assistant knew my boy and they were trying to just find a DJ that could be with this new up and coming artist because they needed someone, you know, with a college background as far as like college DJ background and someone that could host and they needed someone that could fly on his own because they, because he's 13, 14, like a 13, 14 year old DJ, you know, they, that means they have to pay for a chaperone on top of that. So mm -hmm. they just wanted someone that could travel on their own. That's how I got the call. I got the call, hey, could you DJ for Bieber? We can't pay you nothing. We can give you fifty dollars per diem, and I was just like, "I'm at love making." I don't know. You know what I mean? If I just want to do one day, if I want to do three days, I can make more, pay my rent. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I have to give all that up just to do this. I said, "Who's the artist?" I said, "Justin Bieber." I was like, "Oh, let me look this guy up again." I was like, "Oh, this is the kid." Yeah, let me let me let me try this out. Let me see what happens. God damn, bro! I'm trying to tell you, this is when I'm talking about. This is before Baby. This is before all of that. This is so, when he was in front of that one museum, just playing the guitar. That's like early, early, early. This is like he he just came out with his first single early. Like he, this is his second ever live performance. So one time was out. Already. Yeah, one time, one time, and one less lonely girl, and never let you go. Frank Ocean wrote that actually, yeah. which is crazy. But I do this show, and they're just like, if you if they like you, they're gonna keep you. And I'm like, all right, cool. So. I missed my first flight because I don't know how to fly. I didn't know nothing about getting there. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you guys I missed my first flight because I had no idea how to fly. And I, I and I didn't know how to be there by a certain time. And like I, I checked this bag. Like I brought this bag with me because I'm thinking it's like the movies. Like, I'm going to get there. And then, like, we're on the road. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it wasn't like that at all. It was like I got there. Bieber came, came and him and um, the road manager came and picked me up from the airport. And me and him just clicked, like, instantly. This hit it off we like this fashion just sports basketball like he was man we were rapping gucci man lyrics early back in the was day this, wow. oh this is you and bieber yeah because it's just like he's oh. in atlanta at the time so he's just being so he's immersing at atlanta he's soaking all up all the atlanta culture so like lemonade gucci man like yeah you know what i mean this gucci was hot like you remember he had the the record with um with mariah carey like you know what i mean um the remix he did or whatnot so like this this is all during this era and Swag Surfing was the hottest record out. Hottest record out. Mm -hmm. So we get to backstage in our backstage area. It's no rooms. It's just one big room. Like, and everyone's just kind of sharing it. Sean Kingston's supposed to be the headliner, and he calls out from the show, so he cancels the show. So they made Bieber the headliner, and Bieber only has one song. In this room is us, and Jason Derulo's like across the hall. Like, <laughs> like in the cross the room, like, but we're all together. Like, this is before Jason Derulo is Jason Derulo too. So it's just like, you just see everyone at an early stage coming up together, and we go do this show. 
Oh, actually, before the show, like, swag surfing was high, like I was saying. So I, I told him, he's like, yo, could you add swag surfing to my set? And I was just like, uh, yeah, fuck it. Let me pull out GarageBand. <laughs> Open it up. Let me get the song. I just did some quick little splice. You know what I mean? You know how yeah, we yeah. are as a DJ, just real creative on the computer randomly. This, you know what I mean? Cool edit. All, <laughs> Adobe edition. You know, like, I just pulled it out. Did a quick little edit to the record. And took took the show on the road. And then we did one show. We killed it, and then from then on, I was just on the road with him. And how many people was in the sh- um, attendance of the show, uh, bro? Probably the the first one was at a water park, which was it, it was packed. Probably like I don't know, probably three hundred, four hundred. At a kids. water park, huh? Yeah, they just and he performed. It was probably like four hundred. I could say maybe it probably was more than that, low key, because it was it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But the one after that it was raining. It was barely anybody out there, and this is early, just early Bieber. And then I, I like, bro, when I tell you like. I snap my fingers next thing you know, this is huge, bro. Like, we could, I mean, we were, we were able to walk down the street in New York at one point, and then it just switched to being, he's a super, it's like superstar. So how does this work? So you do a couple shows, then you fly back to D.C. or Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I, was, I just moved my stuff back to my parents' house at this point. And so you're juggling touring for Bieber mm-hmm. off and on and then trying to juggle, like, these gigs in D.C., right? Yeah, and that was even tough because you leave and you kind of you start losing shit. Yeah, yeah. Once you leave, you lose. It's kind of the same thing what happened with, like, with Baby Drew when he left with Chris Brown. I was able to get his love gig. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what happens. Whoever is available is the one that gets the role. So... I, I had the relationships. I, I know I can fly. I, I can give them a heads up. Hey, I'm going to be back this week. Like, let me get my gig back. That was happening for sure, but it was just like, it starts not being as consistent because, yes, I'm on the road with a Bieber, but Bieber's music's not really in the club. So yeah. me saying I'm Bieber's DJ doesn't really translate to money mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So what do you do? So what I did was I created, I, I started filming everything. I, I had like a flip cam mm-hmm. and I filmed, I filmed everything that we did all backstage stuff, Bieber performing here, whatever, and I would take these clips and I put it up on YouTube and I created We Know the DJ, which was like a, a video vlog that's for me to just to document everything I was doing. And that's kind of, and that was my way of just like, all right, you know what, since I, I'm going to use this to my benefit somehow, some way, because I got to have some type of identity in this world. Mm. And that's how I felt like I had to do it. And just, that's, you know, so I started just doing that and then slowly but surely like he it started working you know what i mean it just started connecting and by the time it got to his his um after baby came out and then it got to believe which is the second album and then boyfriend came out that song was the first time where it started creeping into the clubs and that's when i moved out to la and that's when, so i was just like all right cool so all right we got a song that's in the club la sound is really really big so what can i do to stick out so i took the boyfriend acapella and i put it over love rants uh up I beat the booty. Yeah, yeah. So I took that acapella and I put it over that that beat. And for me to break into the scene in LA, it's very, very yeah, it's your Bieber's DJ, but who cares? What does that mean? You're, like, you're new, you're a new DJ here. Okay, cool. So promoter. Uh let me DJ for free. Put me on, let me open up, let me just DJ for free. If you guys like me, pay me next time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like let's let's take a take a chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like let's see what it is. So if uh, they put me on for free, I open up for somebody. And I just played this remix, and then like the crowd reaction before the, the before the, the the main DJ comes on is like I, I was able to start setting the party up for the next DJ, which mm-hmm. the be a opener is a is a talent by the way. Mm-hmm. You guys know as yeah. all DJs, if you can open up for the next man, that's a talent. So 
that's all I was doing, just setting it up for the next DJ, and then started getting paid two hundred dollars here, three hundred dollars. I mean, you here. came to LA at the right time, though, right? Yeah, it was perfect that's when, timing. That's when all the rap, everyone was moving to LA at that time. Oh yeah, and was, mustard YG, everyone yeah, was just killing it. Sign. It was a lot of properties too. It was mad. It was big clubs. It was lounges. It was everything. Like Hollywood was lit. West Hollywood was a scene. Downtown was a scene. It was just mad. Because we, we always talk about that was like the resurgence of like the like you LA have, hip hop. Yeah, Playhouse Supper Club. Yeah. You had Greystone. You had right. Emerson. 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 Yeah. You have Colony. You have all this shit. In so you twelve. So wait, from DC was, was Bieber like, "Yo, I'm moving to LA," or you just decided to move to LA? Yeah, well, he moved. They all moved to LA, and I remember I came. We came back from like the first big international tour, and I'm just at home in Baltimore, like you know, whatever. I'm just here, like you know, what I'm saying. Like, he calls me. He's just like, "Man, where are you?" I'm like, "Bro, I'm in Baltimore." He's like, "Why?" And I said, "Not." <laughs> I said, why am I here? Right? Like, why am I? I don't know why I'm here. Like, all right. So he um he flies me out and I stay at his house for like two weeks just trying to figure out what to do or where I want yeah, to yeah. live. Mm-hmm. I, I found Woodland Hills. I'm like, okay, cool. You live in Calabasas, three X's up the road. Let me just move to Woodland Hills. Perfect. Mm. Let me just meet, be near somebody I know. And that's kind of what I did. And I didn't know anyone out here besides Wait, him. So like when you were on tour in the beginning, you were mm-hmm. doing like what like there's no but, clubs for me. There's no nothing for me. It's there's just, no nothing. There's me getting a, ch- but you a tour were, check. But you were stacking, like, your tour money? Like, how and much that, were you that, getting at that time? Bad, bro. Shitty. Like, worse. Like, terrible. What? Like, what? <laughs> but you, Bro, I don't even want... I, I, bro, I cried my first tour check. Cried. Let me see, what what was it? Tear my eye. How did they pay you? Monthly or weekly? Or? No, per show. Guys, it's, it's, it's going to sound so bad because it's like... it's It was, it was like... The, the problem that happened um, was that at first they weren't considering me part of the band financial managers were looking at me as if i was like a, a independent contractor meanwhile i've been here longer than everybody mm-hmm. like i auditioned the band so it's just like i hired i was there when the, the musical director got hired so i've been here like i kind of watched all of this get created you know what i'm saying so the financial advisors at the time were trying to make it seem like well you're like an independent contract you don't do as much work as the band but it's like i'm the mc i'm hosting the show i'm the only other person up there I've been here longer. So explain the dynamic of this, like what it's you were doing. Like, you know, what you, I mean? were, you were coming out, you were amping the crowd up, amping the crowd. I would, I could, I would even open sometimes DJ for thirty minutes before he came on, amping the crowd. Hyping. And, and what and are then, we talking? Then, how many people? Like we're talking. Oh no, that thing is packed. I've been to a Justin Bieber show, bro. Yeah, yeah is it like stadiums, packed. arenas, kind of shit? Yeah, yeah. Staples well, Center. Done all of that. We, okay, the, we've shit, bro. I've done the biggest show we've done was two two seventy five in Mexico City. Yeah, I went to the it went down four miles. The, the crowd did at this show. time. At this time, well, this is like this is this is believe this is the second tour, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. By this time, so like I mean, we were open. We we did shows with Taylor Swift back in the day, which were stadiums. We would do those too. So, so at this time, like you know what I mean? Like everything's kind of ramping up. So I got like I was able to get my check to a certain level, which I thought was cool before they hired a band. But when they hired the full production. A lot of responsibilities got were taken out of my hand. I used to have to play, I used to play everything. I used to play the music, scratch, set, li- oh, set list, right? Set list, all of that, and then became more of a pro tools mm-hmm. and all of that, which is what you need when it becomes a full production. Mm-hmm. So then I became more of a host, DJ if he needs me to DJ or open up if I have to open up, and I would just scratch over whatever the band was playing, have solo moments. That's pretty much what my job was. So it just went for it was just like a, a struggle I was having, but at the same time, it's just like, do I want to jeopardize? this job that I have. Like, I don't want to cause too much of a rumble, 
because I don't want to lose this job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I like the job. I like the weekly check. It's cool, but I know I should be getting way more money. Right. And it's just, you know, being patient, having the right team, which I feel like a lot of DJs don't understand the importance of having a team around you, a manager. I didn't have really any of that. Publicist, you know, accountant. You know what I mean? Like, you need to make sure someone's watching. I mean, watching nah, you're like a kid, you know, you're you're basically a young kid from Baltimore, right? Not knowing shit about shit. Not knowing anything, right? <laughs> about, about this world. Like, I had a business degree, but... and But do you think, like... Uh, Justin Bieber's team was kind of taking advantage of that fact that that mm. you know or not his team. I wouldn't say his quote unquote team. I say that I would say the financial people because the these financial people, people. the label, not, not even the label. This is like the financial advisors, the people who were in charge of paying out his people. accountants. His accountants. The crazy part is that I went to the Believe tour here at Staples Center, and I remember you kind of had a pillar. Mm-hmm. You were like sitting on a pillar, so you were part of the whole show where he comes out with the wings and shit. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how you're not taking account to be a, a key thing of I the mean, show. What is the standard pay for a DJ it's at like, that bro, time? Bro, guys, it changed. It switched up, right? It, it, so it, it's it's crazy how life this life works. So uh, he he caught whim of it, and when he caught whim of it, he was just like, no. Like, what happened? Like, 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 did you end up telling him? Like, yeah, I got it. Like, I mean, me and him are that close that he, it's just like, uh, like in any situation, in certain battles, you just don't want to fight. Like, if it's something I can't handle on myself, I'm gonna try my best to handle it on my own. But if it becomes something where I can't do it and I need your help, then cool, help me in this situation. So, so you didn't want to rock the boat? No, because rocking the boat is is also can make my my job harder. But you're also like invested because I've you're you're. You're a part of of his whole journey, right? Yeah. But I guess the accountants weren't realizing your input and your involvement in everything, right? Yeah, it was just like I'll even be real. Like my my relationship with everyone wasn't really that good. Like my like my relationship with Bieber has always been one hundred and with that being and with that happening, it could rock the boat in other in other worlds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you being so close with the artist could rock the boat in other worlds. You know what I mean? Or this another situation. So my relationship wasn't the best for everybody. Granted, like, yes, like, I wasn't the best either. Like, you know what I mean? Immature, not re- ignorant, not really knowing what's going on. This is my first big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Just like them, just like anyone else that was involved in this situation. It was very new for everybody. Everyone involved in the Bieber situation never really had no real success before then. You know what I mean? Like, And think, that shit did catch on fire quick. Like, like you see what I'm saying? So we're, oh, all, right. we're, all, we're all young. We're all, we're all learning together. We're all yeah. learning together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I'm friends with these guys now to this day. It's, you know what I mean? It's almost it's going, it's going to be 20 years soon. Like you know what I mean? We've been friends this long, so it's just this learning. Just to uh, okay, cool. Well, if this if this lane's going to be blocked here, we're DJs. I'll open up a new lane. I'll figure out a way. Like you know what I mean? So the the vlog, the video vlog, was my way of just showing people, hey, I'm here. Like, you know what I mean? I'm doing this, and a DJ can do this. It doesn't have to just be music. It can just be being a curator. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Being a curator, just, be, just, just coming up with different ideas. Well, you wanted, like, some type of identity, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. And that's, all I, and, and that's all I was fighting for. So, and if I can't get it with the gigs, I'm going to get it in other ways. So, I still always did his birthday parties. I still always did private events for him and whatnot. But when I started, I started getting club gigs when it became the second tour. And because the music was translating, I want to say he was 18, 19 at the time, so he can go out. So now he's going out and I'm going with him. Yeah. And now I'm just DJing. I'm in Toronto. I'm in Canada. Like, you know what I mean? I'm doing all the parties in Canada. And then I'm in Europe. And I'm, now I'm DJing around the world. Like, 
This was this when he was kind of wilding out a little bit, like y'all. Uh, I mean, this, I'm trying to think the wild out stage, <laughs> wilding out the wilding out stage. I mean, like, listen, man, he's this guy, this kid. I think this is around the time, right, when he was one. You was probably wilding out with him a little bit, or no? I mean, listen, were man. you a bad influence? Were you a bad influence? In <laughs> nah, him? I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say. I, I wouldn't say I, I was a positive influence for my guy. And if and the reason why you sh- like you can tell is because I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So. I just I was the guy that didn't want him to be by himself. Mm. You know what I mean? So if like if whatever, like I'm I'm the type of friend if you're gonna make it, I'm gonna make it with you, bro. Because this was this was around we're the gonna, time we're gonna do this together, my guy. Like you're, you know, if you're pissing a bucket, I'll piss in a bucket. <laughs> no, but they, and that was at my party. <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest thing. But this was, was this was the time when like mothers and daughters wanted to smash Bieber. Right? Yeah, I mean it's just. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's, it's an interesting time for everybody. Like, think about it. No, hear me out. Like, hear me out. Like, I, I'm yeah. coming from being a, a college DJ, like being in the clubs my whole life. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, at one point, I'm thinking this is the top. But of, this is all happening so fast. It is, right? and for me, like, like imagine being in the DMV area, and I reached. Uh, I thought I reached the ceiling. And I really, I thought this is the highest I can get to. And then I meet Bieber and realize I'm at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I'm a small dot here. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, okay, cool. How, how do you do this? You know what I mean? Like, all right, going like, bro, what? I remember DJ my first club overseas thinking I'm the shit and crashing and burning and just being like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, nothing's working. No song I'm playing is working. Mm-hmm. The hottest song in the States was not the hottest song in London at the time. Like, right. Mm-hmm. It took four or five months for that song to come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It took, it was, you know what I mean? Just, and then like, that, like, all right, cool. Now you got to, now you have to be a DJ. Like, now, like, I started just linking with DJs around the world and just, what are you guys playing? This is the song. Okay, cool. Boom. All right. Give me, can you give me a, a list of songs or can you give me a Dropbox or a folder or something? Can we trade records? Mm-hmm. That was big back in the day. Like, you plug in your hard drive and you guys would just trade records. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I had to start doing and just, and I, I pride myself in having such an international connection because, you know what I mean, I'm, I'm one of the few DJs that DJ regularly in the States and DJ regularly overseas mm-hmm. consistently, like in Australia and Singapore and Japan, you know, middle of Asia, like Europe. Like I have, you know what I mean? Like one of my favorite clubs is in Vienna. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I made these relationships and I'm able to DJ everywhere and that's kind of what i wanted to do like that was the main goal being able to you know leave your imprint somewhere you know yeah yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you you go to a la right mm-hmm. and and uh you're in la you're trying to break into the scene <laughs> what happened what happened, what happened? Nah, I just, i'm processing what's happening go ahead okay. nah, nah. <laughs> i like how he, he threw vienna we're like where yeah i was like why what what's going on over there? <laughs> yo vienna got the craziest club it's called, really yeah, it's called vip is lit bro and we'll tell we can talk about that later yeah but LA, <laughs> wait, wait, what, what do you mean later <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry i mean like so, imagine like imagine going to a club and like you you pull up and it's nobody outside you're like this is gonna be some bullshit right <laughs> yo, you're walking down the hall <laughs> i'm talking about you open that door up and you can see the sweat on the walls you're like oh Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's life in crazy. Sprint pop open the wall to wall. I'm talking about pack wall to wall. Wow. And they and they want to hear everything. They know everything. Like, like it's like an eyes wide shut party or what? what no, no, like it's lit. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no. I, I, the funny thing is, I've done one of those before. It's shit crazy. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I have no doubt. No, I have no doubt, Terry. I'm sure you have done. L. A. L. A. Was for sure. Uh, 
a learning experience because it's just like okay cool it's like one you have to humble yourself because there's some djs that i'm opening for that i know i'm better than but i need to humble myself just to get into the scene and then i have to wait until one of you guys can't do it or can't make it and they're gonna hire me to do the whole gig and that's kind of what it was you know? so even at that time when you moved here yeah being bieber's dj didn't matter at all no. right no and then it, it started mattering when his music started translating more into the, the hip hop scene, right? Or just hip hop, or just in the club scene, like you know, where are you now? Or like the boyfriends, like I was saying, like or him going to the club. It mm-hmm. started translating when, okay, cool, he wants to go out. Where is he going? Mm-hmm. Let me DJ these parties. So that's kind of what it was, and then that's the private party circuit. That's when people were just throwing house parties, and you would just bring the turntables over and just DJ there. And that's kind of that's kind of how I made the toxic. Remember toxic day party? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. That. I mean, I, those, I was those, those are the shits back in the day. <laughs> like, On Saturdays, everybody was there. That was the party, bro. Like Rihanna for, was there. Drake pe- was there. Everyone was there. People forget about this party. It's like, daytime. That was the party. That was the very dangerous on BT weekend. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. But very fun. Very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, had a, I had a question. How did Two Chains end up being on a uh, boyfriend? Because uh, I felt like that made it more playable when someone. I was in. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah but yeah. two chains was popping. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying because I feel like without it, I that couldn't. Was pl- like I still couldn't play it in certain rooms. When yeah. two chains hopped on. See, that's I was why. Like, okay, I can play these in. Some that's why I did rooms. the remix with the love rants because mm-hmm. then I can mix both of them and and I knew ladies liked the boyfriend falsetto part. Right, I knew that. So I, all they needed to hear is over a beat that they see. Like. Boyfriend is an interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so boyfriend was an interesting record because it was like it was still like we were still looking at Bieber like a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So when we were playing this, it was almost like should we? This is are we playing like a bow wow record, right? You know, it's kind of like, like crisscross. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like we weren't sure if this is like if we could play this in the club. And when Two Chains hopped on it, we were like, all right, we could start two playing chains this was shit on yeah. fire, on fire. That was yeah. after I'm different right before yeah. Mercy, yeah. yeah. And he just kind of, it was like. He almost perfect, validated it, right? It was a perfect cosign for like yes. a grown club because, yo, I feel like all of these, these, uh, these you know, childhood stars, they, they started as kids. They have that, they have a tough mm-hmm. time that crossing weird over period, yeah. that weird period <laughs> yeah. where DJs are like, should we be playing this? Like, yeah. are grown we folk had, listening to this shit? You know? He had, he had As Long As You Love Me with Big Sean, which was like. That was a fucking first record. Number one re- Rivnik record, record. So, like. Like he had records like written by Babyface on this album, which is like, that was a good album, and it, we toured extremely well. But during also during this process is when we started working on journals. So journals, we were making journals while on the road for Believe. So while we're doing Beauty and a Beat and all these records, he's on the tour bus working on journals. That time. shit was fucking. You see what I'm saying? Fire, so like that's this, and then he had the vision of let's drop this while I'm on tour, like. I love the way he dropped the, you know dropped I mean? the singles every week and shit like that. And bro, when I tell you, no one wanted to support this project, bro. I tell you, they were they were looking at us like we were crazy. It was just like this shit is this shit is fire. All like, that matters still. This bang, shit is bro. fire. It is just like you can tell. It's just like because like they didn't, they couldn't people didn't really understand at the time because it's just like you, you see Beauty and the Beat. You know what I mean? You see Pop, Pop, Pop Nicki Minaj. Pop. But then you hear all that matters and you don't you like how how is this the same artist and. That's I. I just attribute that to him. Like he's just he's he was just really he had the he had the foresight. You know what I mean? He just had the vision. He just he just knows, and that project I feel like is one of the reasons why he's been able to transition so smoothly. Is that Frank? Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I'm trying to figure out who's breathing hard, That's but it's Frank. him. That's my <laughs> What's up, man? He's comfortable in that couch. Yeah, he's out. Grow it up. My bad, guy. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. <laughs> 
I, yeah. I didn't even hear the breathing. I was just you like, did it. No. I'm like, is it me? I'm holding my breath. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is is that's and that's kind of how um I got into my A and R space was doing that. Were you a big part of the journals and stuff? Uh, uh, yeah. As far as just you know. That's my first guy. I got my first taste of being A and R. Wow, this is like strictly. I'm looking at the yeah, no, it's track list right now. Strictly R and B and hip hop. Yeah, mm-hmm. even R Kelly was on yeah, there. yeah, bro. And that was that, like we have a record with Future early. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, that's Chance the Rapper. That Confident record did early went bananas. And this is early. And this is what like, we did. Gas pedal remix. Same same era. You know what I mean? Like, mm. Yeah, he has some. He, that's when the hood was well, embracing. Was, was there any pushback with you getting involved like that? As far as being A and R, yeah. Um, what's it called again? Uh, at this time, probably at this time, a little bit only because it's just like you're usually that role is given to is from the label, you know what I mean? Right, it's usually a label role. And for me, I looked at it as just I looked at it as like a production manager at this time, like you know, Mm. because no one really knew what job to give me in a sense because I don't work for a label I, I, I'm just this guy's DJ well, yeah yeah I mean mm. from a label standpoint right they will probably be like alright this is you know Bieber's you know close mm. friend his yeah. DJ why are we gonna give him the power to to you know well um, essentially he's not even really their their choice you mm-hmm. know what I mean which is also which which is a good thing it's really really up to him and his management team and they were cool with it wow. so it's just like I kind of just just kept on going with it. You know what I mean? So like I And this is because maybe you guys were hanging out, you're introducing was, him to new music. Yeah, he's like he's like, Can you find me some beats? So a producer friend I went to school with, he was this, you know, up and coming producer just sending me beats. So I just started playing his stuff. So why did he come to you for beats? Was he just like not being inspired by anything that was getting sent from the label or it was just y'all were talking? We were working on journals, so he wanted some R and B stuff. And mm. I was working with some rappers and some 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 R and B artists at the time, just mm-hmm. you know, independent stuff, just Try and get your feet wet, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll play some beats." So because this is this is like a, around the time when EDM was kind of it, no, it right. was slowing down. This was is slowing when, down. This is when Mustard was coming in, right? And journals just happened to be dropping around at the same time. Mm-hmm. But there was like no that, real R and B outside of Trey songs coming yeah, out at that time. Yeah, right. so like Chris Brown was still doing Deuces. Deuces was Deuces. Chris Brown had to run. No, that that's yeah, yeah. that's way earlier though. Deuces yeah. was 09 and Journals was yeah, 2014. So, so Chris Brown came back during Deuces. He started doing Strip and all of that. Yeah, and, Strip. And that all started. That's been, you know, that's the new wave of that R&B. But the big R&B artist at the time was Trey Songs. Yeah, that was the mean? biggest one. It was yeah, him Bottoms Up, I believe, yeah. and Say I was still popping. So, yeah. Exactly. So so Bieber was like, you know, I lo- he, he's R&B at heart. He's not a pop artist at heart. He's R&B at heart. He, you know, his favorite. You know, if you look at if you look at his first videos, everything's R and B. Chris Brown, Neo. This, mm-hmm. this is. You know, I mean, he chose. I, he chose what he chose Usher over Justin Timberlake for for his deal, whatever. So he went with the R and B act opposed to the pop star. I mean, yeah, like pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at that point, it's like it's kind of known that he's an R and B head. Yeah, but is this? But is this? That's also what he he learned. That's that's how you learn music is through that and. Yeah, you know I mean his love for it is is so strong, and you can hear it through the music. A lot of things that we do now is R and B chords. So, I had the job. I got fired from the job. <laughs> like, sure. I, you know, so a lot of you know, I got fired from the A and R job before. And then, wait, how'd you get? Why'd you get fired? I wouldn't say fired. I would just say, uh, hey, we're not really working on music right now. We can't. You know, I mean, we're just gonna take a break. And then, when was this though? This is like this is this is before um, this is before purpose. 
so I was working on, we worked on journals and then I was working on what was purpose before it was called purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's the one boy. It was. So it was just like, I had, I had like five or six records I, I helped put on, like, you know what I mean? That I worked on like no sense life is worth living all in it. I got co-production on trust. Um, mm. No sense. Was that your idea to put Travis Scott on there? No, no. I, I did. I, I was part of the record before Travis even got on there. So oh man, like, that's my favorite. Record. Me and Pooh Bear were just doing. We, I was hanging out with Pooh Bear every single day. Like me and him were just doing everything together. Because at one point we were just all traveling together, just working on music. So it would just be me, Pooh Bear, Bieber. I remember I connected Bieber and Amigos for the first time in Atlanta a long time ago. Wow. And this is during that era where it was just like you know, like it was a it was an interesting time in his life. And for me, it was an interesting time in my life too. But we all had a like we all had a common goal: is just make good music. So we didn't know it was going to be called Purpose at the time. Yeah. We just we just started working on these songs, and then like you know like a like like a break happened. It was like a year break where nothing was really going on. I kind of fell out of communication with Justin. You know what I mean? I didn't really know what was going on with the music. I just kind of went back to DJing. You know what I mean? So. I went back to Playhouse. That's when I got Playhouse. By this mm. time, I got to Playhouse, and Playhouse was my. This now this is like my love. You know what I mean? Like I got, I, and I had to just make. I had to find another residency, so I got to Playhouse. I'm doing that. I'm doing Supper Club, and then this is also the era where the big clubs were starting to get too crazy, and they start shutting down. If you remember this, like when it's, it became a little bit too. Hood, if that makes sense. The supper, yeah. supper club. Yeah, all this stuff became too. Like in 2015. Yeah, it became. Yeah. It became too crazy, and it started after that Fetty Wap era. Yeah, and then it became small. It became smaller clubs, boutique. like like Warwick or Boutique. Yeah. Yeah. Warwick became like the hot spot, or like the avenues and the Delilah. Wait, wait, why was it getting shut down? Uh there was a lot of like shit popping off. Yeah, yeah bro. Wasn't it, was, it a huge fight? At, it was a huge fight at uh Supper club with like Big U and like the game and like all that shit. Yeah, the back. I mean, there was always something popping off there. Yeah. But there was definitely a lot of shooting, a lot of, I mean, Toxic Nightclub. I mean, Toxic Club. That, that shit on BT weekend, I thought, and that block when they let out, there was like four people shot and stabbed and all this crazy shit was happening. So it was like. So LA was active at that time. It was it was just a lot going on. It was the, the, the scene was changing, but I was able to. I couldn't really find work. It was hard for me. You know, I was booking all my own gigs. I didn't have an agent at all. And so when you came back, did you have more like you had? A so little... I came back. I came back off my second tour, and but you had a little more clout to your name. Well, yeah. Right? So I just so imagine coming back off this second tour. I just DJed every big club overseas. I'm doing Toronto. Yeah. And then I come back into the states, and I can't get work here. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it was like it was extremely hard to get work here. Did you and, and initially? Did you think I'm Bieber's DJ? I should be able to get work a lot yeah, easier, I right? I, I mean, I figured in LA I'll be okay because this is home base, and I've already made some connections here, so I was able to get work here in LA, right? And it's you know, and whatever random connections I made on the road, mm -hmm. so I could DJ overseas. I was going to Australia every year, every New Year's I was doing that in Australia. Did Did you ever feel like out of touch? When you would come back after a tour and then like the music would change and you're like, oh shit, like. Yeah, the first tour for sure. The first yeah. tour, um, when I came, bro, almost for like. But also like being a East Coast Baltimore kid or DJ yeah. and coming to LA. Well then, yeah, when I came to LA. different yeah, music, completely right? Completely different, which is the reason why like I was happy to open up for Cats so I can understand right what the lay of the land is. And yeah. that's the big part of DJ and it's understanding what's hot. So. Once you get like the this is the West Coast sound, Rack City, okay, what Mustard mm -hmm. on the Beat, YG, uh, Ty Dolla Sign, T Flea, like that type of sound. Like I remember, okay, cool. 
And then when, when we go on tour for the Believe Tour and I end up DJing around the world, I, okay, cool, I have, now I got that aspect. So I get back off this second tour, I've done mad shows. So then like I'm coming back to the States, like this should be easier. And it was tough. And it was just like, okay, cool, I need an agent now. Like I need someone that's, that their job is to book these gigs. And it was it was between the only two big ones were really Scam and DGI. Yeah, those are the two main. Dame DeGraff, right? Yeah, and Yoni, and Yoni. Yeah, yeah. shout to Yoni. That's my brother. That's my manager. Yeah. yeah. So he uh, he he was friends with Igor, who owned who had a piece of Playhouse. Yeah. Right. I remember fucking Igor. Igor. <laughs> fucking yeah. my brother Igor. So he Igor was, was the guy that was just like, "Tell you, you're special. You need an agent. Like I'm, I can. It's only, it's only so much bookings I can do for you." Yeah, you know what I mean. But you need an agent, so I'm gonna introduce you to Yoni, and then met Yoni, and we just started doing business together. Did you have an identity crisis being a teen pop stars DJ, and but still being hip hop at heart? Yeah, because it's just like even to this day, you'd be surprised the amount of people that look at me be like, "You work with Bieber?" Yeah, but you must <laughs> and have I've been there, and I've been there the whole time. You never, <laughs> you never thought about like, let me reform this approach and be like, let me go to the more open format, top forty clubs up top. Instead of going to the Toxic Supper Club and Playhouse? Um, uh, at the time, like now I'm an open format DJ. I'm considering, I consider myself open format completely. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I can, uh, yeah. but I don't think you had, maybe at that time you didn't have the market to be, to cross over to an open format I didn't room, really, right? Yeah, I yeah. didn't really have the market for it, or nor did, I wasn't really looking for it, if that makes sense either. I only started really caring about open format is when I started DJing in Vegas. That made that, that I was like okay. I need to get to this open format set. Right. I, need get, I need to get right at that. Well, that's when you need that set like that Vegas big room energy. Yeah. You got to like. She used to petrify me. I used to be so fucking scared. Yeah. Of this. And it's just like once you once you get the swing of it, or once you just do once you do well at one room, you are like okay, cool. I can translate this in other places. Mm-hmm. And I just that's just that that just goes with crashing and burning. You have to crash and burn. Like you have to. That's must, part of learning. You must have had a lot of haters though, right? I, hate, of, I get hate all the time. I love it. No, but like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> people hate on me now. But what? you know how like, <laughs> there's nothing worse. There's nothing like worse than a, a working club DJ, and then uh, and then Bieber's DJ comes over and tries to tries to get a residency. Like, who's this month? Or tries yeah, to get uh, some gigs. Yeah. Hey, you know that, what I'm saying? That that, that was like that, that happened for sure. But at the same time, it's just <laughs> I, I realize if you if. All right, with most DJs, is real recognized real, right? You know what I mean? All right, this guy can actually have some type of talent. He got some, he got some skill. You know what I mean? You see that, okay, cool, whatever. Or if there's a mutual ref- respect or a mutual friend in between us, then okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. But then you got them them guys who are just fucking straight up hating. It doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. They're just hating. It's just mad. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you with that. Shit. What was your first um, Vegas gig? Uh, first Vegas gig was... Pure, remember Pure? Yeah, Pure Nightclub. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the Pure Nightclub. I crashed and burned. Uh, my boy, uh, what's my Ryan uh, Wellman? Yeah, yeah, Ryan Wellman. Wellman. Yeah, Wellman's my dog. Yeah. He, was, he was behind me the whole time, looking at me like, "Wait, he opened for you?" <laughs> yeah, he opened for me, and then he got done. He's like, oh, "Wait, what year was that?" Pure. That it had to 2012, been. 2013. He's like, "Yeah, I turn. think Pure closed 2013, like fall or wait, what year did you do it? Believe tour." Oh shit! That's twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Yeah. Oh man. He was like, "Yeah, your turn." But you said Wellman was like hating on you. He was just not hating. This is well, you know, it's Wellman. This is my dog now. So it's like we can talk about this. <laughs> he like, said your turn. <laughs> <laughs> now you. And then, like, and then he's just looking at me like this all the time, like, like he's yeah. <laughs> not even like yo. You should maybe play this. Nothing. Like, he's just like. 
Yeah, I'm just like not knowing what to play because I don't know Vegas. I don't get it. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't understand it. I wasn't really. I don't even think I was in a record pool at the time. Like, you feel me? I'm just downloading music just to download. Like, <laughs> like I didn't have edits. Like, I didn't. I didn't really know nothing of this world. You see what I'm saying? So you're like, kind of out of touch because you were just. Tour, 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 tour. Tour, 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 tour. And, and then, like, those sets are so small. Like, if yeah. I'm opening up, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing fucking, you know, OMG Usher. Yeah, you playing. You know, Black Eyed Peas. You know, Kick Arena Perry, music. Yeah, Arena music. It's just, and this is, the, this is the extent of open format I'm playing. You know what I mean? Like, this type of shit. And then the parties I was getting were small room clubs sometimes, nothing really huge. The one big club I was doing in Toronto was music, which was a huge room. And they just, they, they just wanted EDM in house. And anytime I would spend, they would allow me to play hip hop because they know Bieber might pull up. He wants to hear hip hop. He don't want to hear EDM here. So I just kind of just, you know what I mean? Like you kind of just learn how to play rooms by just taking these experiences. You know what, I mean? when, did, when do you think you, you felt your most confident that you were able to hold down like any room? I'll say before the Purpose Tour, probably, because by then I've already DJed, like I was already DJing in Australia, like I was DJing in Europe, I was mm -hmm. doing a bunch of different rooms. It's like 2015, 2016. Yeah, like I was doing a bunch of different rooms already, and then, like I said, I had the Playhouse, I had West Coast Lockdown, so I was doing, you know, LA, San Diego, in between Arizona, I was doing those gigs, and then I was having my, my occasional Vegas clubs, and when I started doing that is when I, New York, like Marquee, like, you know, live nightclub in Miami, which is a great, you know, my first time doing live was, it was, it was so like, yeah, you're doing live tonight. What? <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm doing live tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, we flew down there just for like a, a mini vacation and he's like, yo, we're going to go to, me and Bieber, he's like, yeah, we're going to go to live. I'm like, all right, cool. We get to live. You want a DJ? David Grumman's like, yo, you want to yeah, yeah. I was just, yeah, exactly. I was like, da oh, okay, Dave, you know what I mean? I but you was I'm good with Liv, because like, it's hip-hop, right? So This was not hip-hop night, though. This was uh, It wasn't a uh -oh. Sunday. Uh -oh. was oh, Sunday. It, was it was like a Tuesday, whatever. And, uh -oh. I, I'm, and I'm coming in on someone's set. Like, there's, and this is their set. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, stop, I have to do I this. think it was at the time when Wednesdays was big. They had like a Wednesday party. Yeah, it, was yeah. it, was not, it was not their regular... Like it wasn't like a Friday. It was like an industry Wednesday or some shit. It was something right? like that, yeah. but it was packed though. It was packed, and Bieber just came up there and performed. Sorry, so I just like we just did that. I mm -hmm. played a couple songs, like thirty minutes, and then we got done. That was like my first time DJing there, so it was just okay. Here we go. I knocked it off my bucket list. But then me and Dave became cool, and now I still DJ at Live. But that's the main thing is just building the relationship. It's more half the time. It's not about the talent. It's just about do these people even want to work with you. These people want to be around you. They like you. Do they yeah. like you? Like you know what I mean? Everyone, everyone's DJs now. Like, this is everyone got the same music. Everyone got the same, same edits almost. Why do they want to book you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like why do? Because it's like they like you. People have to like you first. You can't be an asshole anymore. Mm -hmm. Do you do you feel like uh, what do you call it? I, I've been telling a lot of people that likability is outweighing ability a little bit more than usual. Like you know, like yeah. to a certain degree, people yeah. want to work with people they like and that's cool Cause think about it, cause all especially these... after the pandemic right because Oof, everyone's boy. looking out for their homie or like you know it's kind of like you know if i got to give a job i'm gonna give a job to my boy yeah. or mm -hmm. someone i know mm -hmm. so they they ain't struggling or whatever you Keep know the money saying? in the circle yeah i mean that happened as well and i feel like um the pandemic the pandemic was like low-key like a reset i feel like for for a lot uh, a lot of people not even in the dj space but it's in particular if you want to talk about the dj space i just i feel like the people who weren't really because at one point djing was so oversaturated that 
it was just like you know what I mean like whoa you know what I mean like it's like it, it was everyone was a DJ your sister's cousin brother sister was a DJ you know what I mean like it, it got to the point where everyone and mama either had turntables or had a jump drive or were just trying to do it or just doing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you remember this time it was right before the pandemic and during this time I was becoming burnt out from DJing like I was I thought like I was tired of it it was got it was getting to the point where I, I was looking at it like a job and it was ne- I never felt like that before. So I felt like during the pandemic, the people who were faking it, like who were just doing it just to do it as a fad or whatever, they quit. They quit, got real jobs, or they went on to their next hustle. You know what I mean? And then like the people who were really about the DJ life, you know what I mean, figured out a way either by doing Twitch and doing live streams or just doing mixes and remixes. Like, you know what I mean? People figured out a way to find their identity during the pandemic me i i just became i had i jumped right into the a and r world i worked on a whole project i stopped djing completely and just focused on music and i feel like that's what kept me going because it's just like it, i was able to stay relevant in both worlds because this is like if i can't dj i'm gonna work on a project that will be consumed in my world so it's just like that's where you get the peaches records or the essence remix and did you introduce bieber to like uh afrobeats um, he was already a fan of Afro Afrobeats. I, I played him Essence though. He didn't hear Essence before. Mm. And then we were on a vacation together, and I played I played him on the, I played him the record, and we we're just so happy. Like WizKid's agent Mike G just happened to be on the trip with us, and we kind of just made the play on this vacation. It was just like, bro, this is great. We just listened to this record nonstop every day, and he was just like, I want to do this. We got the blessing from WizKid that Monday. We cut the record. It took him 15 minutes to write. Really, cut the record. We put it out. Wow, and it still was number one most consumed Afrobeat records of last of last year. Yeah, and it came crazy. out two years ago. It, I have a, what was the whole Despacito situation when Bieber? I wasn't. Hopped, I wasn't. I wasn't a part of it, but I know about it though. Yeah, like because I feel like that's such an important record. It is right because it kind of introduced America, right, the mainstream America to the re- like reggaeton. Mm-hmm. And that was the one crossover record that, you know, maybe, the, uh, you know, maybe since like the early 2000s when reggaeton had, had that like scene. Gasolina or something? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Gasolina. Don't forget about Nori now. I was going to say, don't forget about Nori now. I was going to say, Oye Mikanto. Dale. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Shakira, yeah. you know, so. Hips don't lie. But that was really, you know, that was like the first time in, I don't know, 10, 10 or so years or more. Scooter where you had like white people sure. coming up to me asking for Despacito, hundred percent, and that's yeah. the, the record still goes. And I, I want to say that was a Scooter Pooh Bear Bieber play for sure. Mm. And I know Scooter is such a marketing, he's a marketing genius when it just comes to this knowing trends and it's knowing we should drop a remix, we should do this remix right here because you, I know where it could go. And it's kind of like so the he same, spotted the record for sure. Probably Scooter Bieber and Pooh Bear spotted that. I know Pooh Bear wrote it wrote it with Justin, so it's just like wow. I know they collabed on that. And I, I could be wrong, but I want to say it was them three for sure. Wow. Essence was me for sure, 100%. That's crazy. What was your role on Peaches? Peaches, um, one of my best friends, Harv, who's in the band, he's Justin's musical director, he produced Peaches. So he saw Bieber playing Peaches on Instagram. They just a piano version. He took the clip, made a beat around it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He sent the beat back to Justin. Justin wrote to it. We got peaches, you know what I mean? Like that's how it came. He sent it to Giveon, and at first it was just him and Giveon on it. And then 
we were just playing the song at our private parties and we just saw the reaction like everybody was like what, what, did, what do you mean private parties during the pandemic um one of our ways of just staying relevant or just trying to just you know be creative and just have a space to do it we started throwing private events and since everything was kind of shut down to make it safe we would COVID test everybody and we'll send like an email link for like invite only and if you get this you will be invited to a location and then it will be either me DJing or it could be this, our, is, in, this is in LA yeah right? and this will be in LA and it's like, it'll be our band playing you might have a proper performer and we just started doing this so we start playing. Um, was this on the low, like no phones, no nothing, or? Um, I, I mean, it, I, you had your phones, but you kind of knew everyone in the party, right? Like you just, you know, what I mean, you knew literally everyone in the party knew someone within the party, so that's why it was kind of just like everybody was cool, but nothing really was getting leaked like that. So we we would play music unreleased, and that was kind of like our way of seeing what the crowd was vibing with. So Peaches was a record that you could just tell off top that. It, it's, it has had the formula for great film music, and it's just the time that we released. Everything was just kind of perfect. We dropped four singles that were all pop right beforehand, and three singles. And the single that they wanted to drop to release the album, I didn't agree with. I said we should drop. I think Peaches is the number one record that we should put out when the project comes out. Because as a DJ, you were seeing the reaction, right? Exactly. And yeah. then his management team brought that back to the label and when and when Def Jam heard Peaches they all agreed too and it was just like let's go with it and then he broke a record becoming the first male artist to drop to go number one on the charts with his album and number one on the Hot 100 at the same time so it just made it just broke records and then after that you get Stay I connected him with Kid Leroy mm. a minute ago we worked on yeah. we worked on a song called Unstable in the project and they they just hit it off as friends and then Stay happens and instead becomes one of the most stream records, you know what I mean, ever, bro. It's about you to go diamond. How, Poof, how did you know Kid Leroy? Uh, my cousin is probably one of the most talented, unheard talent scouts, you know what I mean? Like, this guy literally looks at YouTube and just finds new artists every day. He just watch, he watch, he will watch YouTube for hours and just watch one video, look at the director, and find out what videos that director's directed and then go and, and just dive deep in that world. And at the time, he was doing this for WME. Um, he was just doing this for them. He was just writing, like, who was coming up, who was up and coming, who was unsigned. He was having, he had, like, logs. And he would he would tell me about people. Like, hey, you should look at this kid named Kid Leroy. <laughs> you know, he's 14 from Australia. He's crazy. I think him and Bieber, will be, he'll, he'll, they'll do well together. I'm looking at him like, it was Kid Leroy, right? So then I, I get put on, and then when the time presented itself, Kid Leroy was bubbling, and I, I remember sending him his profile over to Bieber, and it was just like, yo, you should really look at this kid. Bieber checked out the music. He liked it. They met, and we just, you know, we were playing basketball when they met, and then they just clicked, and we just started working on music. Wow. Damn. And that's why I feel like being a DJ comes into play is just like being able to know what's hot, like, you know what I mean, and being able to use that and tell an artist, like, since I'm not like the guy making the beat or writing the song, I have to be able to bring some type of value to the situation. And that's my that's my ear and my connections or, or who I might know or who I might think would be good for this or that. And that's why I feel like me and Bieber click so well because he trusts me in that world. And yeah, bro, it, it, it could just be me making, putting beats together in a folder for him. Like right now we're on folder 50. Like, you know what I mean? Each folder is a, a bunch of beats in each folder. 
And from there, he'll pick five. And then from five, he'll make two out into a song. Yeah, what's the whole process? Of, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, like, I, I'm kind of curious. What's the process of you? Now you're like A&R. Uh, you're the A&R for a lot of his projects, right? All, yeah, all his yeah. music, yeah. All his music. So how does that work? You're constantly just looking for beats. You're listening to new beats. All that, looking for well, new producers. A little bit of everything, honestly. And, and yeah. for me, it's easy. Not easy, but it's... Um, I feel like I feel like DJs are the best A and R. Period. Like you know what I mean. Like because you can't teach us. You don't teach a DJ music. It's just something that we're we're born with, or it's in us. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of A and Rs right now, they went to school or they did this. They don't really. I don't know if they really have a real background in music or a real like. You know what I mean. Like a lot of people are taught music mm-hmm. instead of knowing it. And I feel like what separates me from a lot of A and Rs is the fact that since I still DJ. I'm actively in a club and I'm connected to mad DJs around the world and mad producers from around the world that it just gives me an upper hand. Like, you know what I mean? A little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I know what translate really well. It's, yeah, this is not going to work, <laughs> work in a club or this is the new sound. We need to work on this right now. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like we're in the studio. I'm playing. I'm a piano. Like, you know what I mean? I got two records cut. We're dressing over. I'm a piano. Like, you know what I mean? That, wow. we're, that we're holding. For really? whatever we might, yeah, like this is just the type of stuff that we're on. This is the type of stuff I'm on. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm not trying to do what everyone else is doing. I'm trying to. We need to push the culture forward, which is the reason why we do Esposito. Reason why you do Essence Remix mm-hmm. is because it's like you use, you use a Justin network to bring or to shine light on something that the world needs to see. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, we, we, we like I caught some flack. People caught some flack with the Essence Remix, but. If you look at the, the well, bigger, there was there was like on Twitter, right? Yeah. If you look at a bigger, if you look at the bigger picture of yeah, what it, what that did, now we shot a whole line on Afrobeats. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's, that was, and that was the purpose of it. Yeah. Well, like on Twitter, there was like pushback because people were like, "I like the original." Hey, you, I you love the I'm original saying? too. But I but, just, but this was also the time of like appropriation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then I feel like so why is were, this white boy doing? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it goes Bieber. Yeah, but no. But at the same time, like, yeah. I feel like with any with if you get the blessing. It'd be one thing if Wiz Kid wasn't like, "Hey, don't do this," or we didn't talk. That wasn't approved. Yeah, or this wasn't approved, or if we didn't have conversation with mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean. But we did. We did all of that. He came on, performed with us at Made in America. So we did. We went through the proper steps to do this. And when what he does is what Justin does, which is why I love him. He, like he works with so many different people. He likes giving up and coming or new artists a look. Like you said, you brought it up earlier with Chance the rap rapper being on Confident. Like, yeah, that's when Chance was really brand new coming. Yeah, up. Yeah, he was you see early. early and this like and Bieber, Bieber will give that platform will help give that platform if he likes the music because at one point he needed that. Like he needed someone to, do you know what I mean? Put your uh, arm around you. Yeah, Usher, Taylor Swift. I mean, working with Snake at the time, Snake had just came exactly. out. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Or I mean, Skrillex. Fuck. Mark, yeah, Skrillex. Another art like Skrillex is one of my good friends in this game like that's somebody over the pandemic me and him got so close because we were working on the justice project together so i was just going over his house and just watching this mastermind at work like somebody who really takes producing like he looks like a you know like when he's making it he looks like a gamer playing a game. like yeah his house mind works is completely different and he can play all these instruments and he's one of the best djs out there like you know what i mean like he looks different now skrillex is that guy sonny's that guy like you know what I mean? Like, I'll talk about Alizé. I'll talk about Skrillex like that, too. He's really that guy. Yeah, he's nasty. 
Yeah. Um, another person I look up to, Ruckus. I love DJ Ruckus. I just seen oh, him yeah. recently. Ruckus is my like. I used to stalk Ruckus. That's the homie right there. <laughs> I used to stalk Ruckus. That's I'm, I'm with DGI because of Ruckus. Like, oh yeah. I, he had like I, I need like he gave me his blessings as well just to be part of the team. Like, mm-hmm. I was stalking this man. I was like, bro, how? <laughs> He's asking like, what do I gotta do? Even D Nice is another guy I look up to. Like, because these are guys who are like quote-unquote celebrity djs you know what i mean or djs who were connected to celebrities this is like this is a this is a lane so it's just like how how can i maneuver in this lane how did you do it give me the game plan <laughs> like you know what i mean like what's the how do you do this you feel me so mm-hmm. shout out to them honestly like they, they helped school me in a lot of different ways yeah i was djing a resort for gatsby and uh it was towards the end of the night and i think i guess he was coming out of zook and shit and i was playing some afro beats because i had some people requesting that towards the end of the night He's like, bro, I came in here because you playing that shit. I yeah. was like, yeah, yeah. that's the. But now, shout to him. He's mad cool. Yeah, Ruckus is like how I look. He's probably went like as like a, a sh- like showmanship as a DJ. I I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing like that. That's this next level with him. Like as far as like the forefront of this open format DJ shit, he's the leader. I feel like. No, he's been doing it since he was like his teens. Yes, like back in the days, way like, back before uh, so all like, the celebrities. All status, no, that shit. So imagine like a, doing it. like like Quicksilver, but it's like Ruckus was able to transcend and mm-hmm. like Quick is huge. Don't get it twisted. Quick is huge and like that like the top DJ in the DMV area for sure. But it's just like as when I was coming up, it was just like I want to be bigger than this. You know what I mean? Like I want to be bigger than this right here. How do I do that? Like how do you like what's the pathway to get to that? And is this you just got to go through the motions? I remember meeting um, DJ Drama. When I was in college, and he he, he was Ti's DJ at the time, and he was doing all the gangster grills, and that was the huge, you know what I mean? That was the big era. Mixtapes. I, I remember just asking him like, I just need some advice. I mean, college, I'm opening up for you. Like, can you help me? And he was like, Yeah. Like, um, he said, like, You go to school here, and I'm like, Yeah. He was like, Well, did you take over the school yet? And I said, Yeah. He said, Well, take over the school. After you do that, you take over the city. And after you take over the city, you take over the state. After you take over the state, you just take over the world. And that shit just stuck with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is before Beaver. This is before any of that. Like that literally just just stuck with me. And I kind of, kind of like, I kind of like shaped us. You know, what I, mean? I used that and just kept that in the back of my head of this. How if I if I want to do if I want to get to the next level, I just gotta just strive for that and just keep on trying to level up. And that's kind of where I am now. Is this like I, like we were discussing it before we started the podcast. You asked me like where do I DJ in LA and it's just like bro I just got to the point where I could start throwing my own own events here and that's that's why I wanted to be doing you know what I mean after 11 12 years of being here in LA I feel like that's why I need to be doing well the pandemic kind of helped right because you guys 100%. were doing all those private parties yeah and and you kinda, started building like a following and everything right yeah and this made it just like you know what it's just a little bit easier just to do it this way and for me, I'm just comfortable that way. Instead right. of just now, you're not in the rat race. Yeah, or just being like, you know, I hate when a manager, hey, can you play this? Well, no, <laughs> you know, what I mean? no, why, bro? Like, or someone they played it. No, this is my party. You're gonna get the experience. You're gonna get here in LA. This is what you're gonna get. Well, now you have like a, you're like a promoter DJ at this point, kind of a little bit. In a right? sense, yeah, in LA for sure. And then you have this like really cool. Bieber crowd following, right? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's a mixture of of just all of our crowds because our our band is so are so they're so dope. They're all great musicians and mm-hmm. producers in their own right. Yeah. So that also taps into that world too of this live instrumentation, which is what we've been doing. So 
like we did journals live for TikTok and we shut down TikTok. So like our band is just super, super tight and we do our own shows. So we will do this with, with him not even pulling up or anybody from that world pulling up and it just be our world. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, or like Bun B came and did one for us one time. Like he flew in for one of our band members' birthday, Harv, who, who did Peaches. It was his birthday. Bun B flew in and did a set. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. That's just keep that, you know what I mean? Just keep that going. Keep that energy going, right? Yeah, because I feel like people forgot what live music sounded like at one point. People were so, we're so used to hearing 808s and and fucking synths, you know, like computer synth and, you know, this all, everything computerized. People forgot what a live bass sounded like. So wait, at these parties that, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like people forgot that shit. Yeah. So at these parties that you're throwing, there's a live band, there's everything, there's all these things incorporated into the event? Yeah. Sometimes it's it's a live band and me DJing, sometimes it's just me DJing. Uh Or it could be me and a, a drummer. Wow. Do you have a name for the party? Or? No, it'd just be, it'd just be our band name, We The Band. So it'd just be We The Band Night. It could be We The Band Halloween or whatever. We, we try to do one once a month. So you have this leverage now. You have this reputation. You have this following now. So in our, L.A., right? Our party at um, Nice nice Guy, Kodak Black, got shot outside of it. That was that was my party. <laughs> like that, was, that was my party. That was literally my party. And... What happened was... Oh, like, was Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, we threw it. Like, we threw we threw a private party... Um, Super Bowl weekend, and we knew, I knew this was probably going to happen, but, like, everything shuts down, because it's L.A., 2 o'clock. Our party was the only one kind of going on still. Mm -hmm. So everyone tried to, like, bum-rush our party, in a sense, and we weren't letting anyone else in, so... You just people were just lingering outside, like you know. What I mean, this is that's what started happening. So, yeah. And then you know the altercation happened. I don't know exactly what happened, but we we they kept us in the club. We couldn't leave, so we just kept on partying. You know, you know what I mean. So we couldn't leave. We just you know what I mean. Every, when I tell you everyone, everyone from the whole cast of Euphoria's and their Drake and and his crews and their Bieber, our crew, everyone like it was this Leo like Leo. Spider-Man's in there, the original Spider-Man. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Toby, Toby, Toby <laughs> <Mike. laughs> so everybody, so everybody, everybody, ain't mama's in this party jam-packed, and it's probably one of like last year's probably one of my it's favorite. Like the original Spider-Man. You know, so, you know, I don't know what I mean, but like that was probably one of my top parties. Like I have like a top party list of this, this. You know what I mean? Like wow. Wait, so you got all the celebrities following you and your party? No, not they're not really following me and my parties. It's like like well, I, I guess I guess so. It's just like when we. When we throw these events, it just catches word because it's like there's no flyer for this, so you just kind of get word of, word, mouth. Word of mouth. You might get a text, but you'll meet us here, and that's kind of how I want to do that because it's just like you don't know what you're gonna expect when you walk in. The you're just gonna get, invite, yeah, like you don't know if you're just a random person getting invited. You don't know who the fuck you might expect when you walk in here, but when you come in, you're like, okay, that was dope, Damn. and that's kind of how I want to have my my parties or my events be. Mm-hmm. We just don't know what what to expect when you walk in. So like like walk me through this shit. So like if you wanna if you wanna throw an an event, mm-hmm. you could just call up any venue now in LA and just be like, yo, no, we're not anyone. No? I, we have a good relationship. I love shout out to H Wood. I have a good relationship with H Wood out here. Mm. Um, they're they're they they've been really supported supportive in in our ideas or whatnot. So uh, say I want to do something with one of their events, they'll find out they'll 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 let me know when in their schedule is open or which one which dates make sense and we'll just plan it like that. H word for people that don't know it's like a hospitality group. Uh, my group bad. Out of here. Yeah, I mean they they got a, a bunch of dope venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you got planned for this year? I mean, um, you got the Vegas residency. Yeah, I started a music publishing company this year. Mm. Nice. Well, I started a little bit end of last year, but I'm, I'm really on that right now. What's it year. called? Uh, Playbook Publishing. 
So, nice. Um, explain Harf. that a little bit when you start a publishing company. What does that uh, entail? Well, basically, we, um, me and Harv, um, we just wanted to become in contact with so many up and coming songwriters and producers. We just wanted to be able to give them an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And right. since we come from the world of creators and we've been through so many different situations where we're, weren't really that favorable for us, we want to be able to offer that a better situation for, for up and coming acts, basically, or creators. So I don't want to speak about who I'm partnering with because it's still up in the air. We're still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but it's just something that, that's going to, I'm going to announce it soon, but I can talk, we can talk about it a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, you well, know. break down the the actual publishing of like how, how it actually works. And you know what I'm saying? Like, got you. So, so I mean, well, it's just, know? it's just like, um, any, like, well, like a lot of records that you're, you know, you're, your top artists or any artist is really working on, they collab a lot, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of times they're collabing with songwriters and producers. So like this publishing is how these creators essentially eat. You know what I mean? So you want to be able to give these people an opportunity to make some good money and be in rooms where they can, you know, their music can get heard. Right. And that's kind of all I'm trying to help out with and facilitate, essentially. So... It could be anybody. It could be a kid in college. You know what I mean. I'm just. I'm trying to get my music in front of the right people. Cool. Right. You know what I mean. So basically, like a publishing deal. On you. You correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Is you're finding talented producers and writers, mm -hmm. and we you're kind of huh? We invest in that talent. Yeah, you invest them so that you might give them, you know, a certain amount of money to just focus on their craft full time. Exactly. And, and then in, in return, you're getting, uh, like, you're getting their music or their beats or their you know their lyrics to the right artist like for, say, right? for example you might have a kid who might have a relationship with uh, like a scissor or something like that yeah and he's or he, like he's up and coming he doesn't really have like he's not signed to a label he might have a management you know he might have a he might not even have a production deal or any type of you know he's just up and coming but he's making music and then he, his relationships is with you know these artists who are were either up and coming or could be legit or known already, but his music got across somehow, some way. So this person, um, you're gonna want to come to a publishing company to expand that. Mm -hmm. Like you might be with working with one artist, but what if you want to work with this person, that person? Right. That you want to come. You need a network to help you with that. You're gonna and then you're gonna hear a song and you're gonna be like, oh, this would be perfect for this that artist person or, or that, that person. Yeah, exactly. And you have. You have enough connections where you can kind of connect the dots exactly and put it together and help facilitate that. Right, so right. With doing that, you also have to partner with the right company as well too, mm -hmm. which I'm, which is what I'm finding out. Like it's, <laughs> it's a lot, man. It's just, that's a whole nother world. Like it's just like I, I kind of take everything like being a DJ all over again. It's just like you, you can't skip any steps. It doesn't matter what you decide to do in any part of this business. You can't skip steps. You got to learn. Like I'm still learning shit to this day in that world. You know what I mean? Like, because it's a new world for me, being an A&R and being not signed to a label and just working for one artist. It's a brand new world. But, you know, like, I don't, yeah. I don't have to go by, I don't have to worry about 20 different artists and their music. I just have to worry about one kid and his music. Tay, man, is there anything else we want to touch on, Paul? I think we talked about everything. Yeah. yeah is man. there anything no, we want to talk no, Thank you, guys. Yeah? Yeah, I just like 
the dialogue. Thank you, man. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's, it's nice talking this. to DJs about DJ shit. Yeah. Like you feel me? It's like it's oh, like a therapy session. He's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, you know people I have to talk to talk to about like that don't understand what the hell I'm saying and just they just be like, yeah, that was great, man. Man, I love. <laughs> <laughs> they hit you with a damn. That's crazy, man. That's huh? crazy, man. What no way. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> Where's Justin at? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shout out, man. I've done so many interviews like that, bro. You'll die, but. I appreciate this. No, no. Thank, thank you for coming through, man. man. Thank you for we had a reschedule last time. Thank you for adjusting to the time and shit. Yeah, no, yeah. that was my fault. I apologize. No, that was you had to get them wisdom teeth out, bro. Bro, come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta you literally have to go to the dentist more when you get older. It's fucked up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it gets worse when you it gets get older. Worse when you get older. Like, what is going on back there? I just had a wisdom tooth like the week prior to that. And yeah. You told me that I'm like, damn, I feel bad for him, but yeah. God bless you, bro. Bro, <laughs> thank you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Tay James, thanks for coming through, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.